You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Embrace, part one of three. Enjoy. Hosanna in the highest. This is the fulfillment of a prophecy which is found in Zechariah 9.9. The prophecy says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So there's a fulfillment right before their eyes of prophecy. Verse 11 of Mark chapter 11. And Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. And after looking all around, he departed for Bethany with the twelve, since it was already late. So he kind of surveyed what was going on in the temple. Then he departs. And on the next day, when they had departed from Bethany, he became hungry. Why? Because he was a man like you and me. All God, but all man, wrapped in human flesh. Verse 13, and seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he answered and said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to cast out those who were buying and selling in the temple, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. This is a bold man, right? I mean, we see this man as you're watching a day in life. He, he just goes through his day. It seems like he knows where he's going, doesn't it? Almost like he has a plan before it happens. And, and as he walks into the temple the first day, he just watches what's going on. But it comes that you imagine walking into a public house of worship and clearing it out because there are illegal activities going on there. This is a bold man that we're watching, this Jesus. So he, in verse 16, he would not permit anyone to carry goods through the temple. Verse 17, and he began to teach and say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you made it a robber's den. Another fulfillment of two more prophecies from Isaiah 56, 7 and Jeremiah 7, 11. He quoted them directly. Verse 18 of Mark 11. And the chief priests and the scribes heard this and began seeking how to destroy him. For they were afraid of him. Wrong response. They should have embraced him, right? For all the multitudes, all the multitude was astonished at his teaching. And whenever evening came, they would go out of the city. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And the Amplified Translation, verse 22, reads as follows, And Jesus, replying, said to them, Have faith in God constantly. And we see that in Jesus' life. So he's communicating to them what, he is, what he's living. All right, this is how he walks. Have faith in God constantly. Verse 23 in the King James. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, 
and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, in my King James Bible, it's a Holman Bible, and I have a little footnote, a little next to Mark chapter 11, verse 22, and instead of saying, have faith in God, it says, have the faith of God. Why does it have that footnote there? Because in the Greek, that's how it is written. The New Testament was written in Greek. Have the, Jesus said, have the faith of God. Now, the religious mind, that makes the religious mind tilt. We can't do that. God's way out there and we're here. No, God has opened the door to a new way of living through Jesus Christ. We can have the same faith as God has. And he invites us to do so. Let me read to you out of the Weiss translation, verse 22 of Mark 11. And answering, Jesus said to them, be constantly having faith in God. We could say, knowing the Greek now, be constantly having the faith of God. Does that mean when we're raising our children on a Tuesday afternoon or, or a, a Thursday evening or a Monday morning? Yes. Be constantly having faith in God. Does that mean when we may not have a place of employment or when we have bills that are due that we don't see any means of paying? Yes. It's an all-the-time, 24-7 thing. See? I like... Now, the message, I think, kind of captures or, or it wraps its arms around the essence of what Jesus said here. And this is the message translation. Jesus was matter-of-fact. Embrace this God life. I like that. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. And nothing will be too much for you. And verse 24 says, that's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything. Now pray, he's talking about speaking. He, he just illustrated that, right? He just spoke to a fig tree. That's why I urge you to speak or to pray to absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything. That goes with having faith in God constantly, right? Include everything as you embrace this God life, as you wrap your heart around this reality, right? And you'll get God's everything. Wow. Well, the title of this new series at Highway Church is Embrace. Embrace. We want you to just throw the arms of your heart around Jesus and embrace who he is, and all that he has for you. Embrace. Now, when we look at a day in the life of Jesus, or when we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in Acts, we see that Jesus lived his life differently than those around him. He lived differently than the religious people. He lived differently than the non-religious people. 
And the difference that we see is not so much external as it is internal. It was what he believed on the inside that changed him. And Jesus, as the result of the example that he set, of the way that he lived, he demonstrated and opened the door to a new way of living for you and me in New England in 2014. What was it about Jesus that moved him to live his life differently? I believe that it was two things. Two things that Jesus did. Number one, Jesus continually cultivated the consciousness that God was his Abba Father. The creator of heaven and earth. The planet producer. The star maker. The architect of the universe was his personal Abba Father. Number one. Number two, Jesus continually cultivated this consciousness that God, his Abba Father, put him on earth to accomplish a mission. What was that mission? To reveal God to man. To reveal the creator of heaven and earth as Abba Father. And during this series, Embrace, we're going to grow. We're believing God to grow in these two areas. Knowing God as Abba Father, it changes everything. It solves everything. Knowing the creator of heaven and earth as your personal father. And secondly, knowing that our Abba Father put us on earth, guess what, for the same mission, to reveal him to the world around us, that people would look at us and see his love for them. Embrace. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says that we have not received the spirit of slavery Leading to what? Fear again, right? That's the enemy's territory, slavery and fear. But we have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father, right? It's this same spirit that was in Jesus that's in us, that gives us this relationship. So Jesus cultivated this consciousness in his daily life that God, the creator of heaven and earth, was his Abba Father. He spoke of him in this way. You can see that in Mark chapter 14. He, he, he spoke of God affectionately as a father, as a son speaks of a father. And you got to understand that to the religious mindset, this was radical. I mean, the religious people could believe that, that God was the creator of heaven and earth. They could believe that he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They could believe that God parted the Red Sea and, and delivered Israel out of Egypt. But to say that that same God was your personal Abba Father, that was radical, even blasphemous. But Jesus lived his life in that way. Now, this word uh, Abba... Vine's Expository Dictionary tells us that slaves were forbidden to address the head of the family by this title. 
Isn't that interesting? Abba. Apparently, the head of the family, right, only allowed those he considered his children to use this word. It's a simple little word. Maybe in our culture, culture it'd be daddy. Abba. It's a simple little thing. It's a little word that's framed from the mouth of little ones. And it demonstrates an unreasoning trust and love. You see, a little one doesn't understand why that man is his Abba. He doesn't understand the anatomy behind it. Doesn't understand the bio biology of it, right? Doesn't understand the expense and sacrifice of it, how much it cost his Abba to feed and clothe and provide for him. Doesn't understand the sacrifices his Abba may have made. All he knows is that's my Abba. Right? And that's all a little one needs to know. It's an unreasoning trust. It's an automatic trust because Abba's in his life and Abba provides for him. Right? Abba, Father. Now, Father, on the other hand, is a word that speaks of an intelligent comprehension of this relationship that would come from the mouth of a mature one. Jesus, we see Jesus at the age of 12 in Luke chapter 2, speaking of God as his father. When his earthly mother and father, Joseph and Mary, found him in the temple and, and, and had been looking for him for three days, he told them, I must be about my father. Powerful word there in the Greek, the word father. It means that I must be about the one who nourishes, protects, and upholds me. <laughs> I must be about him. I must be about the one I originate from. I must be about the one because I'm from his family and the same spirit that animates him animates me. His parents didn't understand what he was saying. So when you take Abba and Father and put them together, Abba, Father, now you have the total picture, picture of God. Right? You have the unreasoning trust and love of a little one, and you have the mature concept of a, of, of a, um, of a confidence and of an understanding of why he's my Father. Right? Abba, Father. So knowing God as Abba Father was never meant to be unique to Jesus. <laughs> in fact, it's God's desire that we know him in that way, that Jesus was to be the firstborn of many, of many. So we want to cultivate this understanding in our private lives of God as our Abba Father. In John chapter 3, you can turn there. John chapter 3, powerful chapter. I love the book of John. First book I ever read in the Bible back in 1989. And in John chapter 3, we have this man, Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. Jesus referred to him as a master of Israel. This is an expert in the scriptures, an expert in the law, and he wants to talk to Jesus, but he comes to him at night. I kind of assume that maybe he didn't want to be seen, or he didn't want people to know that he was talking to him, but the scriptures tell him he comes to Jesus at night, and we're going to start reading in verse 2. 
The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So he was watching this Jesus live. And this Jesus lived differently. And Nicodemus and obviously some others came to the conclusion it's because he was from God. And I love how Jesus responds. And remember this, in every response of Jesus, there's always opportunity. He's always opening the door for you to come up higher. So Jesus responds to this master of Israel in verse 3, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. That can also be translated born from above in the Greek. Or what's he talking about? Born of God, right? Except a man be born again, born from above, born of God, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want you to think that word see, to see the kingdom of God means going to heaven, because that's not at all what he's talking about. The word see there in the Greek means to, per to perceive, to be sure of, to know, to understand, and to experience. So he says, unless you're born again, you can't perceive, you can't be sure of, you can't know, you can't understand, you can't experience the kingdom of God. Wow. The Amplified says it similar to that. The Amplified says, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. That's how the Amplified says it, because that's what that word see means. So here comes Nicodemus. He's saying, I've been watching you live. No one can do what you've been doing, live the way you're living, unless they're from God. And Jesus says, basically, I do what I do because I'm born of him. I do what I do because God is my father, and he can be your father too. Hmm. Nicodemus, in, in verse 4 of John 3, now he's just he doesn't understand what Jesus is saying. He says, how can a man be born when he's old? In other words, it's too late for me, right? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, understand that symbolically water in the New Testament speaks of the word of God, all right? Except a man be born of the word, and of the Spirit, two things, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Jesus now gives two qualifications for this life that he's living. You have to be born of the Word and of the Spirit. Isn't that how Jesus was born? Let's go back. When, when God sent his Word to who? Mary right? The Word of God came to Mary. He said, Mary, through, his, through the archangel, right? Mary, you are going to bear a child. He's going to be the Savior of the world. You'll call his name Jesus. Mary didn't understand how that could be because she had not been with a man. She was a virgin, right? But he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
So the word of God came and the spirit of God came. That's how God works. It's a very simple method. His word and his spirit. That's all you need. You, his word comes and his spirit animates it and brings it to life in our lives. So it's through the word and the spirit that we become children of God. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. If you'll read the rest of that chapter, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. And if you'll look at verse 11, of John chapter 1, it's on the screens. No need to turn there. You may if you like. John chapter 1, verse 11, speaking of Jesus again, who is the Word, it says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Now look at verse 12. This is King James. But as many as received Him. So this is not exclusive, is it? It's open to who? Whoever believes. Right? As many as received Him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Wow. Even to them that what? Believe on his name. Which were born, so here's us, we're the ones who believed on his name and were born not of blood. See, Nicodemus was thinking natural. Jesus is talking spiritual. The spirit realm is where the life is, not in the natural, right? We're not natural beings Living in a natural world, we're spiritual beings living in a natural world. Are you following me? We're not natural people looking for a spiritual experience. We're spirit beings living in a natural world, ushering in a spiritual experience into people's lives through God's Word and through His Spirit. So verse 13 says, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have been born of God. Wow. Somewhere along the line, you heard the word of God regarding salvation and his love for you. That word came into your life. You believed it, and the Spirit animated it. And the Holy Spirit made your spirit brand new. That's how God operates. So in John chapter 3, Jesus then opens the door in verse 16 to Nicodemus. He said, for God so loved the world, in case you're wondering, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, he's a good God, he loves people, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, whoever believes, it's a wide open door, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have ever lasting life. Wow. So Jesus opens this door that when we believe the Word of God, the Spirit of God rebirths us. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Anyone at any age can be born again. It's never too late to know God as your Father. So the Holy Spirit makes our spirits brand new. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this, this is the Amplified, you have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin. Do you think of yourself in that way? We are not mortal men and women. We're not. We're immortal. This body that we're living in is mortal, 
but we are not. Do you think of yourself in that way? If you don't, you need to start, right? Not from a mortal origin, a mortal seed or sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting Word of God. Through faith in the Word of God, God becomes just as much your Abba Father as He is Jesus' Abba Father. You're just as much God's child as Jesus is. Wouldn't that change everything if we believe that? Guess what? We do. At Highway Church, we want you to be strong in that. That you're just as much God's son or daughter as Jesus. That when he looks at you, he sees unblemished, clean child. Redeemed, righteous, and holy. Ready to move on your behalf just like he did when Jesus walked the earth. So when we start to think of ourselves in this way, like 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father's lavished on us, just totally, right, poured out on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, right? Just like that. And in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was with his disciples, and they wanted to learn from him. They didn't really understand what he was about to do. But they asked him at one point, you know, teach us how to pray. The very first thing out of Jesus' mouth was our Father. He said, pray in this way. Not that you literally have to recite those words every time. But in other words, see God like I see him. Our Father. He's the one who nourishes me. I came from his seed, his immortal seed, not of blood, nor of the will of the man, nor of the will of flesh. I'm born of God. I have his DNA, his characteristics, his mannerisms, our Father who art in heaven, the same Spirit that gave life to Jesus gave life to you. That same Spirit is in you now, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, giving life to your mortal body. So through faith in God's Word, a new life begins. We experience God's nature. As we embrace the Word of God, as we embrace Him as our Father, His nature begins to rise to the surface in our lives. And at Highway Church, when we talk about the Word of God, yes, the entire Bible is the Word of God, the infallible Scriptures, God breathed. But I want you to know specifically, it's the promises of God that will, that will enable you to experience His nature. The promises of God. First Peter, uh, Second Peter, excuse me, tells us that. Chapter one, our last scripture, Second Peter chapter one, verse two. Grace and peace, right? God's favor, power, well-being and prosperity. 
be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has held us back, has kept things from us, is hard to access, is only available to a select few. No, seeing that His divine power has granted to us Woo! Everything pertaining to what? Life. And that's all-encompassing. Everything in every area of life. God has given us power and granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through what? Through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Now look at verse 4. Way important verse here. We got it up there. Way important. For by these, by what? His promises. By His precious and magnificent promises. So many, 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 many years ago, I began, every time I came across a promise in the Word of God, I grabbed a hold of that thing, and I put it in my heart. I would write it down, some of them, not all of them, because there's a whole bunch of them, but I'd get a notebook, as before they had smartphones, right? And I'd write that thing down in my notebook. And man, I'd get a few minutes during the day, I'd carry that little book around me, I'd open it up, and I'd eat that promise, right? Like, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So I've been walking somewhere uh, uh, at 2 in the morning, trying to get back to my apartment or whatever. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Right? He's the stronghold, the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In fact, it says in the Word of God, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. So whether it's a promise in the Old or New Testament, I take it. Right? We take it because it's for us. And what is a promise, right? It's our Abba Father expressing His love towards us, saying, here I am, here is my strength, my resources, my provision, my nourishment, my wisdom for your life. Take it. Grab a hold of it. Embrace it. Why else would God promise it? Really? I mean, there's hundreds if not thousands of promises in the Word of God, and they're for us. But it's through these promises that we experience His nature. We could say that God's promises are His DNA. God's promises reflect the building blocks of who He is. So when we see God's promises in the Word, we're seeing the heart of God. Whosoever believes that what He says will happen will have whatever He says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a promise. That's a window into the heart of God for your life, that He wants your needs to be met. He wants to satisfy your desires in every area of life. That's why He, put, he uses the word like, what things soever. He's an, he's a, he's a, uh, an amazing God. There's nothing stingy about Him. He's not crotchety and uptight, right? But He's relaxed. He's confident. He's peace. He's, he's loving and giving. He's compassionate and gracious. And he says, what 
things soever you desire. But God, I, I really want this. What things soever you desire. As if asking for a new car was forbidden. Of course God wants to bless you. As if asking for a house, uh, paying, for a ca paying for a house in cash is unthinkable. We can buy houses in cash because God is our Father. It's a whole different way of living. So instead of trying to meagerly get by, trying to pay the rent and figure out how I'm going to do this thing, I open the door to God's promises in my life and I say, God, my Abba Father, you are now my provider and I thank you for abundant resources in my life, not only to pay the rent and pay the bills, Lord, but have to have an abundance left over every day to do things we want to do, to have fun together, to go out together, to, to buy the equipment and resources we need to fulfill our destiny destiny, to enjoy life together. Embrace this God life. Embrace this God life. So daily, starting today, we're going to cultivate this consciousness that God is our Abba Father, the one that we originate from, the one who nourishes, protects, and upholds us. We're embracing this God life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your amazing love. God, we embrace you this morning. We wrap our hearts around you. We wrap our arms around you. Lord, we're not going to live this uh, meager, wondering where you are kind of life. But we're living this wide open, spacious life. You set our hearts free. We run in the path of who you are. And, and thank you for providing abundantly for us in every area of our lives. We refuse to be discouraged. We refuse to be defeated. We refuse to lack the Lord, you, Abba Father, are our personal shepherd. Therefore, we shall not lack. Another promise. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for meeting our needs, for showing yourself strong on our behalf. We put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. We love you and we worship you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we encourage you to embrace this God life. Through faith in Jesus Christ, God becomes your Abba Father, the one who nourishes protects, and upholds you. Embrace His promises and receive His everything. In Jesus' name, amen.